Oh yeah, real lifers, citizens of the world. Welcome to the Real Life Global Movement, where our mission is to inspire, empower, and connect the world through English. We believe that English should be a fun and enriching part of your life that you can practice and enjoy whenever and wherever you want. Are you tired of boring lessons that suck the life out of your learning? Are you ready to step up your game and become a kick-ass English speaker? Well, we're here to guide and inspire you on your journey to true lifelong fluency. It's time to stop just learning English and start living it. Can again, aw yeah? And we're live. Oh yeah, what is up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Chad from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, effective, or... Frazzle-dazzle. <laughs> or... Big time. Way to learn English. So download this podcast now and listen to us while you're stuck in traffic. Juggling some chainsaws. Watering the plants. Or um, moisturizing your face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank God you said face. <laughs> um, so yeah, what's up, everyone? This is Chad. I think I already said that, and I'm joined here with my uh, with Mr. V himself, Ethan. How are you today, man? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Doing pretty well. And our special guest of today, this is the second time he has appeared on our podcast, Jack Askew. What is up, man? Everything's going good. How are you guys? Pretty, uh, what was the adjective you used? Frazzle-dazzle. Pretty frazzle-dazzle over here, <laughs> I must say myself. <laughs> what does frazzle-dazzle mean? I have no idea. I think, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I think it does mean something, though, but it's just like one of those things that kind of like sounds like it means, right? Okay. Yeah, sounds very American. You're f- well, frazzled, it can be you're kind of like uh, in a hurry, right? You frazzled, confused yeah. maybe? I don't know. Does it just mean to dazzle someone, but yeah. in a way that sounds more frazzly? <laughs> <laughs> what, does that, what does to dazzle someone mean? To dazzle someone? Um, yeah, yeah. To really astonish them or, I guess, yeah, when you impress someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're pretty dazzled that you uh, you came to came to join us today <laughs> on the podcast. It's great uh, to be back again. Yeah, man, it's awesome. Um, for those of the people who, who haven't heard the first podcast, you haven't heard of Jack, one of the uh, great online, probably like probably one of the most famous British English teachers online right now, right? From to fluency. From yeah, to fluency dot com. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Jack. So. Maybe the um, people who haven't heard it, quick summary, who you are, where you're from, and where you're at right now. Yeah, so I'm originally from a place called Preston, Lancashire, which is just north of Manchester. And I've been in the US for nearly six years now in North Mm -hmm. Carolina, a place called Asheville with an E, A-S-H-E, Asheville. Um, Spent a couple of years in Spain during that time. Also a year in South America where I met my American wife. And yeah, we've been here um, for yeah nearly six years. Love it here. Got two kids. I have no free time. I'm constantly (laughs) working or spending time with the kids or cooking dinner. But it's all good. Um, Uh It's beautiful right now. It's like 25 degrees Celsius Mm -hmm. in early November. So it's definitely an upgrade on... Depreston, as people call it. <laughs> Depreston, the name of your okay, of course, the name of your city. Preston. Well, it's yeah, Preston. That joke? Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the the joke is that um, it sounds like depressing. To um, it's a very depressing place, and then you've got Preston, so de- Depreston. And what's um, uh, depressing? About Preston, oh, the, just the word. No, no, I mean, what what's the word? Mean? <laughs> yeah, so something could be depressing. Yeah, yeah, yeah something's. Um, depressing it makes you feel sad about things i mean there's different ways to use it it could be used in a you know a mental health way but when you're talking about the the description of a place if it's depressing then it's boring it's not exciting there's nothing to do so it's one of those cities Mm -hmm. 
Is that a bit, uh, you know, obviously people know that in the UK, in most places are kind of drizzly. Dreary. Dreary, would you say yeah. dreary? Yeah, yeah you, you say both. So yeah, yeah. drizzly, it, it has that fine rain. Um, when it yeah. rains here in Asheville, it rains and then it, yeah. it yeah. stops. It's yeah. very rare for it just for us to have a full day of rain. Mm. But um, yeah, it's also a little bit dreary as well. And I'm probably being a little bit harsh. You know, I haven't been there for a long time, but it's it's one of these places that never really recovered from the um, post-industrial revolution. And it's mm. a small factory town which has grown and there isn't a lot of industry there. But obviously, I love going there. I support the local football or soccer team, um, but I haven't been back for a while. Yeah, How long has it been since you've been back? I think about three years okay mm. yeah okay because my my parents live in france oh, and okay. oh, well. my sister lives in manchester which is 30 miles south and all my friends mm-hmm. move to either manchester or london or actually one friend lives about an hour away in knoxville no um, way yeah one of my best friends he he got a job there um as a vet so we it's kind of crazy sometimes when we're just having a beer together and talking in our Preston accent. Like, how, how did we end up here? You know, this is really strange that we both ended yeah. up to this place and we both married blonde American women. So it's all good. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's all good. the British dream, right, is to uh, marry a nice blonde American woman. Yeah. <laughs> go, go live the American dream in America. Well, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty interesting. I mean, I've already got a, a ton of questions for you about the mm-hmm. small amount of information you just told us about. But uh, how did you meet your wife, the blonde American woman, in <laughs> South America? Were yeah. you guys just traveling together or something? Or were you traveling and coincidentally you met each other? Yeah, we'll, we'll call her Kate from now on. But uh, yeah, okay. we, we met at a language <laughs> Kate, school. Okay. I was... I was traveling. So I actually started my adventure in Boston. And I had a flight out of Rio nine months later. So I had this mm. time to go from Boston to, to Rio in nine months. So I spent about two months in North America. Went to Atlanta and Charleston, New York, um, New Orleans, which was great. And then I was going to go through Central America and take a bus over the border from Texas to Mexico. But for whatever reason, I just decided to go straight to South America. That, that was the place I was most excited about going. Mm-hmm. It's a place that I really wanted to get to, and I thought, why not go to North America for a little bit first? So I took a flight from Texas to Ecuador, and it's kind of a funny story how we met because... I really wanted to go to this particular language school. and Language school, sorry to cut you off, but language yeah. school to learn or to teach? Yeah, to, to learn Spanish. So I wanted okay. to pick up some phrases before I spent the next few months in South America. Mm-hmm. So I knew that this language school was to the right, but I came out of the hostel I was staying in and a guy came over because I had the map out just to double check. And he came out and he wanted to practice his English, I think. And he said, hey, where, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to this address. And he said, okay, go left and then keep walking. And I was positive it was right. But when someone gives you directions, you have to follow their directions. You know, <laughs> If they say, go that way, you can't just go, okay, and then walk the other way. <laughs> it's really, it's a really you, strange situation. <laughs> yeah. So um, I went left and I started walking I came, I was walking for about 10 minutes, checked the map again, and I realized I was right. I was going in the opposite direction, but I was getting closer to this second choice language school. Mm. And then I thought, well, I might as well just go in there now and check it out. So I went in, there was this um, Australian girl and a Canadian guy in the office. And they, they sold me on this language school. They said, it's, it's great, you can stay here. We have great parties, the teachers are fantastic. It's really cheap. Um, so I just thought, okay, I'll, I'll stay here. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, that, that, the second night, the night of the, the party, um, Kate walked in and we just hit it off straight away. 
we nice spent what do you the mean next... you hit it off yeah so to hit it off means to really connect to get on with each other so mm-hmm. um she laughed at my jokes you know <laughs> which is always the first sign of you know a good relationship and um yeah we spent the next 10 days together in that language school and we went on a mini trip during that time too mm-hmm. and then she had to go back to college in Georgia and I had a, a flight to Columbia and I thought I'm never going to see this girl again because you know 10 days I'm traveling she's at college I'm from the UK she's from America but I ended up getting typhoid in oh my God. in Ecuador when I came back to Ecuador a couple of weeks later <laughs> yeah, yeah because what happened was because I had this illness I couldn't really go traveling again and I was in a in the hostel for the next three four weeks Whoa. and it was it was really painful and it was a horrible sickness to have what but is typhoid exactly to, I can't explain it um it's like a virus yeah it's a viral it, thing yeah it's it's one of those illnesses that you can get an injection for okay mm-hmm. and I got an injection for it a shot but it's only 80% um it only works 80% of the time, apparently. So mm-hmm. you'd still have a 20% chance of getting typhoid if you come into contact with it. And it's a pretty rare disease from what I know. But um, but what were some of the symptoms? I mean, were you like vomiting? Were you yeah. bad stomach? Just yeah. fever? Yeah. All um, of the above? <laughs> yeah, I, I went... It was a Wednesday... I remember it was a Wednesday. And I went to bed around 7 p.m. We were watching this film. And I start to feel a little bit tired. I went mm-hmm. to bed at 7 and I, I woke up, or actually got out of bed on Friday lunchtime. And all I did during that time was was be sick, drink water, sleep in that cycle. Yeah. And I couldn't, a great freight, I couldn't keep anything down. Mm-hmm. So I what drank some water. Down. What do you mean you couldn't keep anything down? Whatever I ate, whatever I, um, I drank, it came back out. I vomited it back out. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, tried with water. We'll put a picture in the show notes just so you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you can put a picture of me um, about six weeks later. I'll send it to you when I lost. I can't remember how much I lost, but people didn't recognize me when I saw them again a few weeks later because I lost so much oh weight. God. Oh, wow. Um, but the the upside of this, the good story about this, is that because I was in the hostel, the hostel room, a friend had a laptop, which had Skype, and we, Kate and I, we communicated by Skype. So we kind of kept our relationship going for a little bit. Uh-huh. And then when I started to get better, I booked some flights to go see her. So I went from Peru to Georgia. Um, and then we decided to get into a long-distance distant, relationship when I was in Argentina with no what's idea. What's a long-distance relationship? It's kind of... Yeah. Kind of clear, but. Yeah, so long distance relationship. When you're in a relationship, but you live in places that are far apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Usually it's. I guess it depends on the context, but for us, I'm from the UK, she's from America, that's definitely a long distance relationship. For it could sure. also be, you know, Scotland to London as well, long distance. Mm. Um, but yeah, we decided to get into that relationship with no idea about how we were going to actually spend time with each other. Yeah. Um, but you just kind of dove into it, right? Yeah, we dove into what it, do you mean and by that? <laughs> <laughs> dove into it. You just did it, I guess, in this case, without even really thinking too much about how to do it. You just like jumped straight in without hesitation. Yes, exactly. You can also say, yeah, to jump into it. We jumped jumped into this relationship, and then um, in a in a nutshell. From here in summary. What? In a nutshell. <laughs> in summary. <laughs> yeah. um, we, we spent, well, I spent my time between the UK and America for the next year while she finished college. So I worked mm-hmm. at home doing temp jobs, temporary jobs, spent some time in the US. That's when I actually started to teach English online, the first time I oh, did wow, it. Oh, cool. And then we moved to Spain for a couple of years. She got a scholarship in Spain, in Bilbao. And then we quite spontaneously got married the summer after, the first summer in Spain. 
Um, cool. And then we had a year in Valencia, and then moved to Asheville in 2011. Oh man, damn! Seems like this is one of those uh, one of those stories where it's you, you kind of just went. Out, you didn't really like you know you dove into everything. You know, like you just went traveling. You met this. You know, you didn't really. You turned left instead of turning right. It's like something was kind of maybe forcing you to do all that kind of stuff. Do you ever feel like there was maybe some? Uh, I mean, for example, we could say it's very serendipitous. Maybe yeah. it would be a nice word. Uh, what does serendipitous mean? It's you kind think? of like a happy coincidence. Happy coincidence. Nice. I Good like explanation. Yeah. <laughs> um, and things just kind of like fell into place. And it seems like, um, would you say that there was maybe that there's a, a concept of like the, those magic kind of hands like pushing you, like maybe that guy who told you to turn left was actually a, uh, a, a, a messenger, you know? Do you, ever, do you ever get this feeling like stuff just happens coincidentally like that for a reason? To, no, I, I don't. I just think <laughs> I know. Sorry about that. Um, That's okay. But I was yeah, I get all uh, sentimental, you know. And <laughs> I, I think you know when without going too deep into it, people like to look at those kind of coincidences, but then forget about all the times when something you know didn't happen, or mm-hmm. you know things happening for a reason or destiny. But I think also you know part of it was the fact that we were both free in what we were doing Kate mm-hmm. was taking this time in Ecuador and she was away from her group away from her friends and her family I was traveling on my own I was very open and we were both very open and mm-hmm. I think maybe you know if I had met her in Athens Georgia at a bar and she had her friends around her then maybe mm-hmm. we wouldn't have connected in the same way yeah. so I think definitely being away being on our own being in that kind of environment meant that we could really connect at that time. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, I really liked her, you know, from the start. So yeah. I probably subconsciously wanted to make it work and therefore booked those flights to Peru and said yes when we decided to get into a long-distance relationship. So I still wanted to make it work after we met. But I think... Mm-hmm. Yeah, a very happy coincidence and yeah, something that's... I, I think it's just a, a nice story. Yeah, 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 it is definitely a cool story. But um, the the, ty- the typhoid thing, that seems kind of a... At, at the time, we were like, damn, this stupid typhoid. Or did you, you know, did you kind of have this positive, like, well, at least, you know, I'm chatting to Kate. I'm getting to know her better. Was, that, was there like a... Um, I'm, the reason I'm telling this because there's actually an expression related to this, and I forgot what it, I, I was thinking about it, but I forgot what it was now. Silver lining. A silver lining. Yes. Silver lining, definitely. There you go. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. Um, silver, I, the full expression is every cloud has a silver lining. I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Meaning yeah. that every neg- in every negative situation, there's a little aspect of positivity there. If you look for it. If you look for it. Yeah, and I, I, at the time I wasn't. I knew I was sick, and I went to the doctor and she said yeah it's definitely typhoid so I took the pills and I think just being away on my own Mm -hmm. I I didn't really worry about it I just dealt with that situation and that's something you have to do when you're traveling because things go wrong you get into crazy situations and you just got to try and find solutions to roll with the punches maybe roll with the punches yeah Uh (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um that's true, and I, I think, um, oh man, there's something else I was going to say, and I rolled to the punches, came to my head, oh, I've got to use that expression, but... Um, you're just blanking. No, I, I remember what it is, blanking. What does blanking mean? It means like you're uh, trying to think of something, but it all of a sudden went out of your, your mind. Yeah. You to, had a brain to, fart. A brain <laughs> fart. <laughs> uh, to, to, uh, to draw a blank as well, right? Draw a blank, yeah. yeah. Draw a blank. Lose your, your train of th- uh, lose your train of thought. That's another way to say that, right? Yeah. But I remember what I was going to say now, and um, <laughs> what the, just what you're talking about, like traveling. We all know the, the expression, traveling broadens the mind, you know, the, the positive aspects of traveling, and, and that same experience that you had that you're referring to where you were, you were more open to the world just because you're traveling by yourself, and so was Kate at, at that time. So do you think there's any way you can even cultivate that kind of openness? It's probably really good for language learning, you know, just speaking more and not being so... Um, 
so restrictive with your 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 personal anxieties and stuff like that do you think there's any way you can really kind of cultivate that like even in your own town in your own city in your own surroundings without traveling yeah definitely it depends on on where you live but in most places there are immigrants there are um people from english-speaking countries if you want to be specific to to english learners but Mm -hmm. also there is the internet you know and you can lose yourself in any kind of environment and create your own mini environment yeah through online tv shows and the people that you connect with online too Mm -hmm. facebook groups and stuff like that i guess right definitely find your own little tribe somewhere but I guess I'm saying, like, even if some some guy or girl is out in their city and they're, they're not meeting anyone, and they want to be open, so that <laughs> there's probably ways of just like like the the expression we say to step out of your comfort zone. You know, yes. how, how can you kind of like cultivate that? You know, I think learning language is a great way because it does kind of force you to go and like, let's say you're in Australia and you're trying to learn Spanish, for example, you're going to try to f- find those Spanish speaking little groups within your your city, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I think also doing that as well and getting out out of talk about getting out of your comfort zone. A lot mm. of people find their comfort zone in in their small tight group of friends. Yeah. And usually everyone has a role within that group. There's the mm-hmm. funny one, there's the you know, the charming one, there's the angry one, there's the stupid one, etc. You think Which about friends. You? <laughs> I was all of them <laughs> at different times. All right. um, yeah, I was probably the 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 sensible one, but okay. that wasn't difficult in our group to be that person. Um, yeah. yeah, but sensible. I'm not sure if you, uh, a lot of Spanish, uh, uh, Portuguese, and Spanish people often confuse sensible and sensitive. You notice yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a false friend, isn't it? That one. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Because you said the sensible, so just to clarify, sensible means having good common sense. You don't do stupid things. Yeah. Sensitive being kind of uh, very... um, Emotional. Exactly, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. which can be be a good thing or a bad thing. Can be good or bad thing, yeah. Yeah. What did you say, sorry, Ethan? Uh, It could be confused for maybe like simple as well. Simple. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, So... And yeah, another another way is just to put yourself in those situations and take baby steps with it. Mm-hmm. So just ask someone the directions on, on your street in English, mm-hmm. you know, even though you know where it is, just to get that first initial conversation. And then mm-hmm. put yourself in a situation where you actually have to engage with people. But yeah, yeah I definitely feel just getting out of your normal routine, um, getting out of your group of friends allows you to to just explore who you are in a way that you can't do when you're set in those regular patterns. Yeah, it's like a, uh, in English we use the term like a bubble, like a social bubble, you know? and it feels mm-hmm. like sometimes when you're in your own little social bubble, you kind of, you start, I'm not sure, it's not necessarily this term, but there's something that I've been reading about recently, which is like swarm behavior. Huh. Again, it has a kind of a negative idea about it but when you have like a swarm of like bees or whatever they they end up like everyone moves in the same direction and they they attack the same thing you know so obviously i don't mean a uh, just so you know swarm is a, a the group of uh be just bees it's usually just insects insects right? locusts and stuff like that you'd think of a swarm yeah but i guess in a positive sense you're just like this kind of collective behavior of like a, a social bubble where if your friends think it's kind of silly that you're trying to learn English or try to speak yep. in English or whatever language it is. It's like, get the hell out of there, for, at least temporarily, so you can develop your own, your own, like what you just said there, like your own discovering yourself a little bit more or a different angle of that maybe, right? Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like, a, I think from, uh, I think it's Jim Rohn that says like, you are the five people you spend the most time with. Oh, yeah. So it's like whoever, if you're like wanting to like learn English, it's really helpful to surround yourself with other people who are learning English or who at the very least they kind of like support that goal mm-hmm. or like whatever you're trying to do like other like us in entrepreneurship it's helpful spending time around other people who are doing the same thing who help to like push you inspire you uh, make suggestions recommendations help you learn mm-hmm. those kind of things so it's kind of like if you're surrounding yourself by people who don't do those things or who like laugh at you because you're trying to improve yourself they're going to kind of like drag you down you know drag you down 
yeah, they're going to kind of like bring you back down to their level instead, you know. I think too a lot of times what happens is people see when people see other people trying to improve themselves, it's kind of threatening for them. So what yeah. they what try does to threatening mean? Threatening like it it seems harmful to them to to them having their comfortable lifestyle of not changing and sitting on the couch every night and watching TV in their mm. own language. Okay. <laughs> the, the, I, I think <laughs> this is huge and something is. that's really um, it can make a huge difference that and you, people don't realize that it, it happens subconsciously too and I, I always think about the example in my life when I'm surrounded by people who, who drink a lot of beer I will drink a lot of beer if I'm yeah. surrounded by people who aren't drinking at the moment then I won't drink anything and yeah. that's just like one example but it, it can happen in a very deep way too where like like you say if you try to achieve something that's out of the idea of or out of the the realm of a particular group so if a particular group has expectations where they say oh we all earn this much we all support this political candidate um, and there can be little variations but it's very difficult for you to then just keep pushing on through that because you're using your willpower and mm. after a while it will wear you down okay. it will I'm gonna stop you there Willpower, yes, yes. <laughs> and wear you down. Yeah, but I, I so, also try to remember what you're going to say because I don't want to ruin that yes. train of thought because this is great information. So yeah, your willpower is like people describe it as a muscle, and it's your ability to do something that isn't part of your daily routine or your habits. Mm. So let's say I like that idea of like a muscle. That's awesome. Yeah, is that like because, a growth mindset, right? Yeah, and also the muscle gets fatigued, it gets tired, mm. because mm-hmm. you can only use so much of it. Yeah. And an example is with flossing. I didn't floss for a long time. And then the dentist told me how important it was, which I should have known already. <laughs> and then it was, I had to use my willpower every day and consciously think about, okay, I need to floss. And, oh, I don't want to floss, but I have well, to floss. What is flossing, by the way? Oh, flossing. Okay. So, yeah, flossing is when you, you take, um, it's like a little wire that you put in between your teeth. Yeah. Um, it's like brushing your teeth, but you're, you're putting it in between your teeth. Um, yeah, usually you brush and then you, you floss. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, but then it becomes a habit. And mm-hmm. once it becomes a habit, there's no willpower. It's the same with... Um, like anything really exercising at first yeah. you think okay I need to go to the gym today and there are going to be moments when you don't want to do that and you have to use your energy to push yourself to go to the gym yeah. but then it's it basically like overcoming it's overcoming that like feeling of like I don't feel like it but I'm going yeah. to do it anyway right the laziness yeah, yeah just like the laziness yeah and, and anything that's not within our habits mm-hmm. uh-huh. Um, so do you floss every day now? I do. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Do, do you guys floss? Them curly whites. <laughs> we floss. We floss. Yeah. Sometimes we floss. Floss together sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you need to make a video of that. <laughs> yeah. we, do have a, we do have a joke because like Chad and I live together and like some, like we always end up like brushing our teeth at the same time. We like say we're on like the same our, schedule. You know, yeah. so. so we're like, oh, my... My teeth brushing senses were tingling. Like Chad was in the bathroom brushing his teeth, and all of a sudden, I felt like I had to go brush my teeth. There you go. You you know, it's the average of the the one person you spend the most time with. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you also said uh, to um, you need the willpower. Willpower is like a mm-hmm. muscle, and something about people like we- uh, something will wear you down. Wear you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with your willpower, you can say a great example is is drinking beer. You say, okay, I'm not going to drink beer for the next 30 days. Two days later, you go to a party. Everyone's drinking beer. They say, Jack, here's a great IPA. You'll love this Indian Pale Ale beer. You'll love this beer. Uh I'm not drinking at the moment, I say. They say, what? Come on, it's Friday. (laughs) And then someone else will say, like, you know, I once did that. I, I once tried to not drink, but it's stupid. It's stupid, you know, <laughs> drink, enjoy yourself. Yeah. And then after 10 minutes, you say, oh, okay, I'll have a beer. Yeah, I'll yeah. have a beer. Um, peer pressure. Peer it's pressure, peer yeah. pressure, exactly. 
And people will wear you down. They'll, after a while, you'll think, okay, I'm going to be strong, I'm going to be strong, but then you lose that. You you Mm -hmm. lose that willpower because you can only say no for so long. Yeah. Um, And what is peer pressure? Um, Peer pressure, peers would be like people possibly in your social circle, your social bubble, that'd be your peers. Mm -hmm. And peer pressure is exactly what Jack just mentioned when they say, oh, come on, just have one beer. have fun, whatever. They're, they're pressuring you to do something. Yeah. yeah. Pressure. It's especially strong, I think, like when you're an adolescent, when you're like a teenager. A lot of times in the States, it's like the campaigns against like drugs and alcohol say like don't give in to peer pressure. Mm. Because, you yeah. know, it's like your friends might tell you like, oh, you know, drink this or like smoke this or, you know, whatever. And, you know, it's very easy, especially when you're a teenager and you want everyone to like you to be like, yeah, okay, I'll mm-hmm. drink it, I'll smoke it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's true, and fun. it's it's the same with adults, isn't it? You know, we 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 give in to the peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, but to to summarize this in terms of someone learning English or any kind of language, let's say you're in a group of friends, and you, there are five of you, and you all have pre-intermediate English, and you know, let, let's say you're at school. It's very easy to think, okay, I don't need to do this. I don't need to reach an advanced level because no one I know has an advanced level. And Mm -hmm. you're going past what the group expects. The group is, okay, we're pre-intermediate English learners. That's our level. And it's very difficult for you to say, no, I'm going to be different without spending less time with that group. Mm -hmm. Because... It's that willpower, it's the expectations. People will drag you down. And it's it's just difficult to do that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's surrounding sacrifice. yourself. It's yeah. And it's surrounding yourself with people who have done it, who have similar goals to you, whether that's in real life, if you know, well in person, sorry, if it's online, if it's wherever it may be. But to have that interaction with people who want to do what you want to do and are determined and coming together as a group is much more powerful than just going off on your own and trying mm-hmm. to do it mm-hmm. yeah it's like there's a uh, I'm not sure if this was I think we heard on a, a podcast that we listened to the Tim Ferriss podcast maybe a guy he's a um, he's actually the um, creative founder of like WordPress you know the yeah. WordPress blogging uh, platform yeah. and uh, he's also a musician so he said the He's talking about learning and how he learns really well. He's always trying to surround himself with people that are like, for example, he's a computer engineer, so he surrounds himself with the top engineers so he can like kind of level up to their level. Mm-hmm. The yeah. same goes with like music because he's also a musician. He's like, I would only ever play in a band with musicians that are better than me because it kind of forces me to accompany their, their skill level and, 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 you know, again, level up in this case which means yeah. to uh, improve, be, become the same level. To, yeah. It's like a computer game where you, you level up. Tim Ferriss talks about this too because he says like, it's good to be the, sometimes to be the stupidest person in the group or to, like, yeah. to feel like the stupidest person in the group because <laughs> it means like you're going to learn, you're going to have to grow a lot because all these other people are pulling you up instead mm-hmm. of dragging you down. Yeah. That's probably why one of the best, obviously why the best like, language learning experience, like, you know, people just like, just go to the country, you know? Mm-hmm. Just go there and you're like forced, like if you want to com- have a conversation, it's like pull yourself up to that level. But it but, totally depends, right? Because like you could, there's a lot of people who go and they fail because they end up just like getting lazy. Like Brazilians go to Canada and they hang out with a bunch of other Brazilians, they don't get fluent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they, they're, they're not changing their social circle. Yeah. They're, they're not yeah. getting and immersed it, in the culture. And, and that's when it, what brings up the power of, of setting systems and your environment. So you have to put yourself in an environment where you can't use your native language. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you yeah. will, you will default to it. Yeah. And it's, it's especially if, like, for example, just uh, Ethan gave an example of Brazilians that go to Canada or whatever country where they're trying to learn English. But I think there's also, like, this thing where if you're in a foreign country and you feel a little bit alone because it's very, obviously it's all foreign to you and then you, you find a little group of, like, other, for example, Brazilians, it's like, oh you have this kind of strong connection with them because they're mm-hmm. both like maybe like you and Kate when you were like, you know, traveling, yeah. you're open to meet new people. And you, you have these really strong friendships with them because they're experiencing the same thing as you. But I think you exactly. have to try to um, break out of that, right? Break out break of your out, comfort yeah. zone. There's a lot of different forces there pulling you. You have to 
really work that willpower muscle, right? Mm-hmm. It's always <laughs> worth it, like in retrospect, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool, man. And um, we actually, uh, I mean, we won't go for too much longer and take up too much of your time, but also just to kind of, uh, oh, did you have any final, any in a nutshell, any final... Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning. Uh, any final words about this topic in general, like the willpower or um, anything you've been using with your, stu- your students or your, your content recently? Uh, you, yeah. you talk about this kind of stuff a lot, right? Yeah, um, I have a book on this as well. On it's the uh, the five step plan for English fluency, and oh. it, it it goes through those five steps. And part of it is using the initial motivation you have, which can come and go. You know, at times, whenever you start a new project, let's say learning the guitar, the first few days you're like, okay, I'm going to spend three hours tonight on this, and it's all you want to do. Mm. You want to spend every moment of your spare time playing the guitar and trying to learn how to do it. But that's not sustainable. Things will happen, you'll get out the routine, and soon you'll be doing less. And with that feeling of, of not being able to do what you were doing before you start to think, oh, it's not worth it. And people just stop. Mm. And the the idea is to use that initial motivation to set up systems so that you can succeed over the long term. Because consistency is what's missing with most people when it comes to learning something or doing anything. Mm -hmm. You know, with, with you guys and what I do, we know how important it is to consistently make a new podcast, make a new video, to write blog posts, to consistently post on Twitter and Facebook. And it's those who do that are the ones who actually achieve something and build a, a great audience of, of learners. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Great, great, uh, great. And that, they can probably find all that information on tofluency.com? Yeah, the, the book can be found to fluency.com slash book. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. Easy to um, remember. Yeah. Two as well. It's like T O. Yeah, yeah. Right. since there's three twos, mm. three different kinds of two. What's the? Okay, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Two two and two. Oh, okay. <laughs> two two two. two. <laughs> um, so we actually uh, we we planned something. We're not actually going to go through this right now because you know not that important but we, we were, <laughs> while we were kind of thinking about what to talk about with the podcast we went through some jack expressions and um one of them is actually relevant to something that we saw recently that you've been doing in the united states and the the, the expression was a, a jack-o'-lantern which is related to halloween halloween which is an american holiday more or less oh it's not well it's originally british isn't it i, I think it originated in ireland the the oh. modern halloween but okay. yeah, it's always been like an early fall winter festival, um, mm-hmm. which the Americans really, um, you know, dazzled everyone with the, the commercial <laughs> side of things. <laughs> we we celebrated the best. Okay. Yeah. You, oh yeah, by far. So uh, you recently um, celebrated Halloween there. We were recording this podcast in um, start of November two thousand sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what about just quickly summarizing? Uh, do you have Halloween in in in, uh, in the UK? Yeah, we do. It's not on the same scale, but it's okay. very similar to what it looks like in the US. Okay. And this was your first Halloween with an actual little trick or treater of your own. Your your son is uh, three now. Yeah, he's he's three. We we went last year. Um, okay. He didn't quite understand it as much, but this year. Oh, for for like three weeks before, he kept saying, "Is it Halloween? Is it Halloween?" <laughs> <laughs> so he was excited cool. about it. Yeah, and how was that? How was the the Halloween? How how do you enjoy the uh, the American festivities, the American festivals? Is they are they equal, better, worse than the 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 stuff you guys get up to over there in the UK? Christmas is far worse. Depressing. Yeah. Christmas is far worse in America um, because they don't have Boxing Day, which is the day after Christmas, the best day of the year, when everyone parties and just relaxes after Christmas and eats leftovers, Mm. watches football. What Um, are leftovers? Leftovers, um, specifically for Christmas, it's the, the turkey, the potatoes, 
everything else that you didn't eat on Christmas Day, mm. and they go back into the fridge, and everyone loves to eat leftovers. What yeah. is leftover from a meal? Yeah. But, yeah, the holidays here, I've really grown to, to love them. At first, I wasn't quite sure about Thanksgiving. And Halloween, I didn't understand why everyone went crazy about it. And they do go crazy <laughs> with the decorations, the costumes, the candy, the parties, um, just lots of different events for it. Would you say candy in, uh, in the UK? British no, we say, we say sweets. Sweets, okay. Yeah. What do you say in Australia? We have another term we say lollies. Lollies. Yeah. Oh. Is that like not like. Is it not specific to a lollipop though? Um, no, no, because I remember, yeah, I would say a lolly. Like uh, my my grandma used to have a lolly jar. All mm. oh, right. Yeah. So yeah. it's any sure kind of a, candy. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's specifically from Perth or I'm from, but I'm pretty sure it's 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 you know all over. It's it's nationwide. C- candy was one of those words that I hated as mm-hmm. a, a Brit listening to American English. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just become natural for me to say it i used to hate the word the word uh cell phone oh yeah i know yeah yeah me I, too. I say it all mobile? i say it all the time now yeah i would say a mobile phone mobile phone yeah, yeah cell phone It's yeah it's you just adapt to to the words and the phrases um but yeah Even i i really <laughs> yeah. i really love the the holidays here there's they all seem to come at a good time like mm-hmm. um july the 4th 4th of july is great Independence Day um, Halloween as I say I'm starting to really enjoy that Thanksgiving is very low key it's very relaxed and specific to families and then things go crazy with Black Friday the day after mm. and do you do celebrate Thanksgiving like with your with your wife's family uh, we sometimes do we, it can be difficult because you only get two days the, th- the Thursday and Friday and then the weekend and they live a 13 hour drive away oh okay so usually what we've been spending it at home recently and we're just talking about whether we want to to go there for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. I'm a, a big no <laughs> to that um, mm-hmm. just because of the travel times and then yeah Christmas is is here as well but it, Christmas yeah for me it's it's more fun in the UK, but yeah. this year we're going to Florida to get some sun. And my family are going to fly to Florida, my mum, dad, and sister, and we're going oh, to cool. celebrate Christmas in Florida. Yeah, yeah. Is um okay? Oh yeah, because I guess the south of the US, it's it's a uh, it's a it's a sunny kind of tropical Christmas. But up where where uh, Asheville is what it's called. Yeah, we're in the southeast. Okay. And we're in the mountains, so it's a lot cooler in the winter. But you can't, you can't, you have to go to South Florida really, or mm-hmm. parts of California to get sun in yeah. the and, and warm weather at this time sure. of the year in December. Uh-huh. Cool, man. Is that the, how, how often do your family come visit? Have you, has it been a long time? Oh, you said you haven't, because it must be kind of strange the fact that you don't have any actual family back where you actually grew, grew up. I know. <laughs> so it's like you never have that one central location to visit everyone. No, and that that is that can be a problem as well because we we fly into my parents are in France, so we fly into Paris, and then we get the train to where they live, and then we fly back to Manchester to see my mm-hmm. friends. We're staying with my sister, so yeah, it, it's. I obviously, in a selfish way, would prefer that there was a family home in the hometown where yeah. my friends also go back for Christmas, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but. Um, in another way, we get to go to France for vacations, mm-hmm. um, so it's it's fun. But yeah, my my sister came over a few months ago. My parents come over about once a year, and we tend to go that way mm-hmm. about once a year as well. Nice. And do you do you speak like uh, Spanish, French? Yeah, I speak pretty good Spanish. Um, it's been a while, but French. Hardly anything, but 2017 is going to be the year I learn French. And I want to do this with a super busy schedule. 
because a lot of what I talk about is that if you really want to learn English, no matter how busy you are, then you can do it. Mm-hmm. And I've been building up the motivation and, and my reasons for studying French for a while. And it all starts with if you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't want to learn French enough to study it in the past because I had other priorities with family, with um, exercise, soccer, with my business, those types of things. Yeah. But I've been building up this motivation to study French next year, and that's what I'm going to do. So you're not just uh, talking the talk, you're going to walk the walk. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. That's a great <laughs> phrase. <laughs> um, and how, how, would you like, uh, how are you going to go about learning French? Mainly through listening and repetition of, of phrases and sentences. So I'm, I love the uh, apps like Anki, mm-hmm. where you can do the flashcards and get that repetition. And learning through sentences in a way that is more natural rather than studying the grammar and trying to work everything out with vo- vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So I've got a couple of... Um, couple of books and, and audio resources that are going to help me get started and then within two three months i'll um i'll join there's a french speaking group in Asheville. there are a few oh, of them wow. so i'm going to join up with them on a probably a weekly basis oh, and awesome. i don't have the the goal of becoming fluent in you know three four five months but i, I see it as more of a long-term process and something just to enjoy without setting too many expectations and without beating myself up about not progressing at a particular rate. Mm-hmm. And that's mainly because there's no immediate need to do it. I'm not moving to France. I never come in contact with French speakers here. But with my parents there, I feel like a long-term thing, mm-hmm. a long-term process is going to be useful. Mm-hmm. And there's a purpose behind it of actually going to visit your parents every now and then, and you get to like really put it into practice, right? Yeah, and they, 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 yeah, exactly. They, they own a shop <laughs> in France, and I'd love to reach a stage where I could speak to the people who who come into the shop. Mm-hmm. You think? Uh, uh, last question. I know we're, we're yeah. taking a lot of time here, but um, lastly, your your recent father. Uh, what do you think you're going to do with your your kids in the, in regards to like language? You're going to have this kind of try to from a young age try to make them quite bilingual. Yeah, it's it's such a it's something that we had a huge desire to do before we had children, mm-hmm. and we haven't taken big steps to make that happen. But at the preschool he goes to, they I think do two hours a week of Spanish, and he's three, oh, and wow. they're learning it in that fun way. Yeah. But my idea as well is that we can watch TV shows together in different languages, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then I'm learning. He's learning, and it's more of just a, a fun way to spend time with, with my son and, and daughter. Have you seen that? Uh, there's a. I'm not sure if it was like a TED. I think it's like one of those TED um, short. They have like these little TED um, video. It's like a, a five minute video about the benefits of being brought up uh, bilingual. You seen yeah. that by any chance? I don't think so, but I, okay. you always see new studies, don't you, that talk about yeah. the benefits of doing it. Yeah, and you yeah. said being brought up? Yeah, it's like the way that you're raised as a child, the way that your, your parents teach you as you grow into becoming a, uh, an adult. Also, like, I guess like also your environment has a lot to do with the way you're, yeah. you're brought up, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the culture that's instilled to you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like how you develop into an adult. Yeah, exactly. Uh, cool, man. Well, uh, I think we're going to wrap things up right there. Uh, awesome topics, awesome discussions. We could probably go on for a long time about all these these cool uh, cool ideas about just like learning and, and the whole getting out of your comfort zone. And that was a really awesome conversation. I'm sure our listeners are going to get a lot of benefit from that. And um, just lastly, where, where, can, uh, where can they find more about uh, Two Fluency and everything that you're doing over there? Yeah, good, good place to start is with the book. I mentioned before to fluency.com slash book and then um, jump on YouTube find me on YouTube mm-hmm. um, good place to be I post about five video lessons a week and really trying to do different styles of videos and show people what it's like 
to live in America and have more of a, a vlog style lessons mm-hmm. as a way for people to really learn in context and that's something yeah. I'm going to do more of um, cool, man. for the rest of the year with that when you say a vlog you mean just like whacking on the camera and just like you just kind of freestyling some some English Lyrics. lessons <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dropping a beat yeah it's, it's little things like I was walking back home from dropping my son off at school mm-hmm. and I filmed myself walking home and talking about dropping him off and then showing people different signs and what, what they mean. Oh, wow, and cool. just to get outside. And for me, it feels a great thing to do because it, I can go on day trips and, and adventures, but then make an English lesson out of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting out of the office, I'm getting out of my house yeah. and, and having fun at the same time. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we can see, like, it uh, looks like the sun's starting to really shine over there. It's getting kind of bright in your, in your background. So it's <laughs> like a nice place to have some daily adventures and teach some English. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a great place. There, there will be days when it'll be too cold, but when it's 25 degrees in November, it's hard to complain. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Well, hey, thank you one more time for uh, joining yeah. us today. It's always a pleasure chatting with you and having you on the podcast. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah. <laughs> cool, thank, man. thank you for having me our pleasure our pleasure alright guys well thank you all for listening to t- today and like always you'll hear from us next week here on Real Life Radio can I get an oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>